This week on Erotic Awakening, SizeCon, Roseville Beach, and Porcupine Quills. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patron supporters are not only the greatest people in the world, but they also <laughs> receive a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. And thank you to all our supporters. Indeed. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, so Don, this is pretty interesting. How many would you say, just top of your head, mm-hmm. how many rope events are there in just the United States? Oh, good grief. No, I, I can't even guess at that. There how many, are a lot. Okay, how about BDSM events? Even more. Okay. How about size-based kink events? I'm not aware of well, how many. I'm going to say, I was going to say I'm not aware of any, except we just had a little chit chat. But yes. <laughs> be- before, just a little bit ago, I was not aware of any. Well, there is one. It's called okay. SizeCon. And today on the podcast, we have Chris, the social director, and Astra, the technical director from SizeCon on the show. Folks, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the podcast. This is super exciting. Sure, absolutely. I am curious to find out what this is. Let's start off right there. What is a size con? I mean, Chris, you want to take it away on that one? Because I know that we get this question a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, what is size con? So I would say, oof, if I tried to like sum it up, size con is, is a lot of things packed up in one, right? But it's a space for... Uh, community of folks that find enjoyment or or engagement in engagement or like interests in size, sexual interest in size, kind of all of that all coming together into one space. And it includes folks into giants and tiny. It includes folks that are into expansion and inflation and vendors content. It includes folks that that are models and actors and just everything in between writers and and then those of us even doing some research or trying to learn more about this topic trying to understand more about it so really large kind of all-encompassing event and and gathering sometimes looks like a convention sometimes looks more like a conference or like an educational space Okay, so so mm, my 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 words are mixed up with the pictures in my head. So is it, is it the word size? Yeah. So so <laughs> exactly. So it's not what I first thought it was, which was like a plus size event, a plus size naughty event is the first thing that popped into my head. But you said talls and littles, and as in size, not littles as in. BDSM fetish. Right. Yeah. So we, so all sizes. Okay. Yeah. So we define size very interestingly because to us, size is the transformation of size very specifically for this fetish. And this Uh. is, isn't one fetish. This is actually a collection of them because on the internet, we're sort of like the fetishes who don't always get noticed or talked about or even like, I don't know. We just don't always get out with the other fetish communities. And this is everything from like inflation, body inflation, like changing your size and shape like a balloon or growing taller like a giant in Gulliver's Travels or shrinking, you know, like shrinking down and becoming much smaller and running through a mouse hole. 
but all of that within the context of a romantic or a, a sexual relationship. How interesting. That's kind of cool. I have a, well, we did an interview with someone that was into giants. Mm-hmm. So giantism. And so that was like my first exposure, I guess, to size that way. What is that? Vertical? height? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. talking about size, horizontal, you know, wide, like, because I'm a larger person. So, you know, BBWs and plus size. And, you know, I'm, I'm used to talking about size that way. So interesting. And I, and I, mean, I like the transformational aspect of it. But yeah, please yeah. go ahead, Astra. I was going to say, yeah, we actually could encompass that too. Like we do have like a BBW wing and, and we also have SSBBW where, you know, the more S's you add, the bigger you get. But we right, also talk right. about feeder feedy relationships as well. And all, all things packaged within that, that section of the, of kink and fetish too. Yep. And weight gain as well as a, a whole okay. yeah. Com- yeah, component. Mm-hmm. So you said you have a, a wing for BBW. So what other wings do you have? I'm just trying to to picture this. It, that's a great question, and I would say we like we recognize how broad our size community is, and the I, I would say like the quote unquote wings that we have at SizeCon are very much dependent on who's coming and who's bringing mm-hmm. their stuff with them and who's like excited to be talking about and sharing it. And so for example, like I oversee about 30 different socials on different topics from identities to interests. Wow. Yep. And, and within that, like, sometimes it's hard to find a facilitator for certain particular topics. Right now, our our, our giantess and tiny man selection is really running slim, even though they tend to represent like the largest population in our community. So uh, pieces like that, the like who we have and what what parts of our, our realms are included at the event is very much dependent on who kind of comes and shows up. I bring with me kind of the like coiled fist side of things, which is our more like kind of like gay masculine size space, which has been a site that's existed for a very long time, if you're not familiar. And and has, you know, a lot of its own, sometimes different like language and terminology knowledge that can be coming from those parts of the size world. So I, I actually was inspired during our virtual events to create Size Language 101, where we just try to cover as much of this terminology for everybody, because no matter who we are, there's always like language and terms and, and ideas and concepts floating around the community that that is are brand new and evolving over time and and trying to get people on the same page so they're all speaking a similar language when we're talking about our interests and our like size passions together I, I think one of the things we always talk about like between you and me Chris is for example like as Chris said like Chris brings the gay masculine and the giant side of things and I'm more of I, I'm a transgender woman in real life and I'm also an inflationist. So I bring the sort of like body change and sort of like blowing up side of things. And for example, like, well, I, I get bigger, like the giants don't have the issue of popping like an inflationist does. And then popping is a whole separate thing for, for inflationists that has a very long and, you know, sectioned opinions that change depending on who you talk to. Wow. That's this one is example. Just- yeah, I, I'm like, like, like I said, you know, we've been doing this for 20 odd years at this point, and this is absolutely new to me. This is fascinating. Do you, is the event broken down? And let me, a quick 
overview of your average BDSM event. It's something like Friday you check in and maybe there's an opening speech. Saturday you have classes or groups or during the daytime and then Saturday night, maybe there's a BDSM play party. Sunday- Or a show or, or something. Or perhaps a show as well. Sunday you pack your shit up and get out of town. Is SizeCon kind of got that flow to it or is it a totally different speed? Yeah. Very similar, except I, I would want to add in, like, we do a, a different convention thing and we have tracks. So it, rather than having, like, you guys have one topic, which is BDSM. And as Chris mentioned, we have over, like, 30 <laughs> at any given time. So we actually create tracks for each of the fetishes and interests. And that way there is a, a series of content that's actually devoted towards just that interest. But then you can also sort of flow freely but between the tracks. So we try to make sure that um, related fetishes don't, like cross into each other during the schedules. So if you're really into destruction and the idea of smashing buildings and being cruel to your companion, which could be very common to power play, we won't put a power play or like power authority discussion very close to that. Uh, so that way we can sort of like retain everyone's like wider interest groups as well as their more smaller interest groups as well. And as part of that, there are events like burlesque shows, but we also have things like maid cafes where the maids will change size while they serve you. Or, you know, VR experiences where you can experience what it's like to actually be 30 feet tall and smash down a building in virtual reality. All of these are experiences and, and the diverse array of experiences. I, I think one of my favorite parts is worth one of the few sex conventions that has an escape room <laughs> where we shrink you down and we t challenge you to get out of a, a, a large room when you're the size of, uh, when well, you're smaller than every prop in, in the room, basically. <laughs> it, it sounds like a very... And I don't know how else to put this prop intensive event. Yes and no. There is a good amount of that, but a lot of it is also just, I think a lot of the magic of it is, is you know, for so many of us, I think we have these, these stories of, of, you know, thinking and believing that we're the only person that's into this or the only person experiencing this in the world because we don't see mm -hmm. it anywhere else. You don't hear anyone else telling their stories of how much they wish they could shrink or how much they wish they could grow giant and crush cities, right? Turn into a kaiju, yeah. Right. Until you start meeting other people, you're like, oh my gosh. Like, like until, uh, for me, like I didn't even have a word to describe this experience until I was 19. But I had been thinking about it since I was six. So it was, it's been a part of me for, you know, as long as I can remember. And, um, and yet, like, like knowing that you are not alone and knowing that there are other people that experience this and then the actual act of meeting those folks and getting to, like, engage in this community space and getting to engage in this space where you get to be so honest about such a deep part of yourself and then get to connect with others and it, it, it becomes almost like a family event in this like very dramatic community building space that's, very, that's unlike any other for us. Yeah, and a very interesting almost like fandom space sometimes at times too because like everyone brings in all of these influences of other mediums and other medias and they bring that to their like their personalities so like burlesque personalities or things for for us or things like demonesses or as i said kaiju or you know werewolves you know or, or clowns we have a clown you know inflationist who most certainly blows up her boobs you know <laughs> so we were all over the place 
So I'm enjoying the fact that you have a whole con on this because honestly, Dan and I do, except for the couple of COVID years, the intense COVID years. So it's we, we see little, little offshoots here and there. But you're right. It is absolutely nothing that, that you see in the general kink community. So, or that's or been our general fetish anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you well accepted by the general fetish community, or is it just not is not enough crossover to even know? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if enough people know that we exist, first of all. Like, what, what, what do you think, Chris? What has your opinion been on this from your perspective? That's, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm like, who is the general community? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who those folks are and like whether we're accepted or not. I know that uh, we've we've had Catherine Gates, who's a, a kink and fetish researcher, present at the con a couple of times, and she's got a whole like chapter of her book that's that's got like SizeCon in it and I know that well I know that 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 size is out there and and like much broader than just our con mm -hmm. I, I also have found an experience that you know for, for me before I started meeting with folks and, and actually getting to talk to people right like engaging with this part of myself meant like this very shameful, secretive, like climb onto the computer and like search that thing, never talk to anyone, like get what you're looking for and then get out, never let anyone know who you are, never talk about it, never like share. And and that way of engaging for me just felt, it didn't feel great, right? Like it, it felt really shameful. It felt really scary and like like this like almost like dangerous and like need to hide. And, and for me observing our community, I feel like when I when I see folks engaging in that process, I, I I also see folks being willing to engage like without boundaries or without thinking about like consent or like the the safety of others or like you know just just the any accountability of like what they're doing or engaging in and which which for me is also one of the big draws I see in like promoting and engaging in SizeCon is that like I see us having this opportunity to create some healthier community to like actually like talk about these parts of ourselves without shame and kind of like demand this like there's nothing wrong with us for being this different and for being this out there and for for experiencing things that we have no control over but are just a part of who we are and can not only be like like shameless about but also celebrate absolutely so I'm sitting I'm sitting here with a picture in my head. I'm sorry. It happens. <laughs> and I, I'm picturing like I'm picturing like being at a kink event and you've got your your little city set up so that you can stomp on it. Oh, it makes me think of uh Dr. Horrible. And he's huge <laughs> yeah. and he's stepping on the buildings. And I'm thinking about having, you know, like having that set up and how that would make for an amazing scene. And then it finishes out by seeing an age player roll through and smash the buildings before you can step on them. <laughs> I don't know how you would set that, you know, you would set that up in a dungeon without having somebody come in and destroy it, not knowing that it was for a size. Right. Size scene. So, but. Yeah, Dr. Horrible. He's got an amazing scene. <laughs> now I'm stuck on watch when I watch Dr. Horrible, Horrible again. I know. What so, yeah. 
So what is it that led you guys to say, I want to be part of running an event mm. like this? And, and let me start with Adra. Yeah, you know, it was very accidental. I had been involved in inflation. And many years ago, like in the 90s, when inflation really first hit the internet and inflationists started finding each other, we didn't perceive ourselves as being a part of any other community except our own. And that was true of many of these wings. Like they all perceived themselves as very separate communities. And so we all existed separately. We didn't talk um, and we didn't really find any connection points. And then years passed, I sort of fell out of the community. It wasn't what I wanted. It was very male centric. It was very, I, I just want to say male gazy at times. It, it just wasn't interesting and people didn't want to tell full stories. They just wanted to see lewd acts. They didn't want to hear longer tales. They didn't want to hear novels. They didn't want to hear you know, wider pieces of media. And so when I came back, mm -hmm. the community had shockingly changed. And it was all of a sudden, it would have gone from maybe like 95% men and 5% women to a 50-50 split. And I was like, what happened when I left? And it, it, this is this is very different. We have, we have transgender women, we have transgender men, we have gay people like, wow, this is, this is diverse suddenly. And what had happened was SizeCon had started and it had begun sort of like initially as a giant only and giant and tiny event and then it just sort of like expanded into like this well there are more out there like us we could run a convention we can run our own thing like why why not try it and and when i heard about it i was like that's fantastic and and as a transgender woman like it's even more fantastic that you're willing to engage with transgender topics and lgbtqia non-binary asexuality like you can use this lens of size change and transformation to talk about these topics in a safe light because fantasy makes things safer even when they're very hard in real life and i thought that was just a wonderful idea and i was worried at first you know going to the convention and then i attended it and i saw how great it was for people like i felt more <laughs> myself than i had in years and i felt accepted as chris said like i felt that catharsis and that release of holy crap there are people out there who get it and they understand that, you know, like it's sometimes hard when you have this specific thing, but we have people to talk to. Um, and I just wanted to continue bringing that. Like it was a wild experience to be standing there in full gothic attire and kind of looked like an overblown like maternal woman because that's what my avatar and, and a style looks like. I'm sort of like a gothic maternal lady that looks just a little too large. And a woman, another person's parents ran up to me and said, hey, thanks because you've given our kid like a lot more direction and information that we could ever provide. Like you've oh, given wow. like, yeah, like, and that just hit me so deep. I was like, I never thought like a parent could be happy that their kid learned something at a sex conference, <laughs> you know, but like it was important. It was important identity and just exploration and safety among all else. We, we really are about safety here at the convention. And that is something I deeply appreciate and respect. Very cool, very cool. How about you, Chris? Yeah, for me, I think I, I'll go back to before SidesCon even started and before like 
there were even the first like size meetups that were happening in New York City. I I was going to grad school and I was engaging in all of this like identity development work and I was learning so much. And I also just knew this part of myself and I knew that I wanted to like know more about it. And I and I was trying to like uncover the shame and learn about it and talk about it. And I ended up like actually doing a like kind of comprehensive project in grad school where I had to come out to a committee of faculty and it was very emotional and dramatic but but that for me kind of like started it off and and working in conferences in those spaces and then when when the first meetups were happening in New York City I you know for me I live in upstate Vermont I was like I can't I can't travel six and a half hours just to attend a one hour meetup that's not going to work for me so I, I started making these uh, these Skype groups and started meeting with people over Skype and and finding folks from all over the world in, in Europe and in South America and Canada and Texas and California and just, just everywhere, folks coming together. And, and that was my first kind of experience of connecting with folks, getting to know folks. And from there, I just like, I knew I wanted to be a part of whatever was happening. And, and I got to attend two of the events before the pandemic hit. And then I jumped on staff after that, helping to put the socials together because I wanted to be a part of that. And, and for me, the the opportunity to make space for us to exist and, and for us to find each other is just like incredibly rewarding. And I know how how important it's been for me and so I just like love getting to bring that experience to others so yeah there and and right we're a full staff of volunteers none of us are getting paid for this oh yeah and it's a lot of work so it's it's a passion of love for sure that that we're all engaging in here as well it also yeah. helps it, that it, like it, many of the jobs that we mirror on our staff are also jobs that we hold in real life. Like Chris said, said like Chris has background uh, training within that work, you know, like I am a video game developer in real, real life. So I have a lot of technical background. <laughs> very yeah. cool. So, and that's, that's great to, to have that, you know, something that you're, you're skilled at and your passion is definitely shining through. So mm -hmm. awesome. Absolutely. So one more question for you about SizeCon. Can we go? And, and what I mean about <laughs> yes. that, yes. I, have legitimate, I have a legitimate interest. I would love to go, but mm -hmm. would it be reasonable, acceptable, and okay for people like Dawn and I who have no actual size fetish, but just find the entire thing very fascinating and would love to be part of that energy? Are, are you open to those people as well? Or is this more My, of a, hey, this is our space? This is, this is a space that is is for us but is also a space that we open up for allies very specifically and for people who are interested and want to learn more there's actually content that we put together that's specifically for folks like you yeah what i would say is we one of the things that i think is so magical about SizeCon, and and one of the things that draws me to it is how decisively inclusive it has made as has chosen to be you know i get to see us really identifying so many different kinks and fetishes and it's like we don't define who fits into size con and who doesn't we let people self-define that if they see their kinks as being connected to size then they are a part of our size community and we welcome them fully and and likewise 
we are very open to to other people coming and learning any of the panels are are available for that and we also have a size supporter social specifically for our allies partners anyone that's wanting to learn to connect with each other as well i would say we have that's the other kind of magic of some of the socials is that a lot of them are intended for folks that specifically identify with a particular topic or a particular identity like our trans size would just be for folks that identify as trans our you know our various blueberry and in inflation would be for folks that are into that specific piece of the size world not for folks to go and learn but that's why we have panels that's why we have an inflation expansion panel those are the spaces to go, learn, absorb them. And we have the panels happening at the same time as socials, but never with the same content. So we're not, we're always thinking about not competing that content. So you're missing out on, on what you want to see. Um, but yes, we would love to have as many folks coming and learning as possible. Like I'll give you a, a, a fun little fact before we go here, just to give you an example of like some interesting information that size allies could always learn and things we're learning too. When do you think, like, I've, I've talked about my own fetish inflation, and I mentioned the 90s, but when do you think inflation was actually potentially invented or first considered? I, I like, Dawn heard, Dawn heard something. I'll let you go with your answer. Oh, <laughs> I typed something in our notes so I wouldn't forget. You said something about blueberry inflation, and I'm like, blueberry, yeah. Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yes. 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 Our guess is going to be that that's when it, that's when it became a thing. Yeah. Willy Wonka. Well, Willy Wonka. And that's what I thought, too. And in fact, that's what a lot of inflationists thought until we were looking through historical archives and found a lithograph of a woman blown up like a balloon in the 1800s. Wow. And it was very, it was the same year that the French had invented the first hot air balloon. So people were already making oh. those associations, but potentially not telling people. <laughs> wow. Very cool. So, that, so that, that blew my mind. But yeah, so there's a lot of media dominance, like Willy Wonka, but there's a lot of other stuff out there too. Right. Well, you 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 both have allies in Don and I. I think this is the most fun and interesting convention I've heard about for quite a while. And so thank you very much for coming on to the show. How do people find out more about SizeCon? Come on over to our website at www.sizecon.com. You can also from there, visit our Discord as well and engage in the community directly. So both places are wonderful places to start. If you are listening to this podcast when it drops, you have just a little bit of time to go head over there. SizeCon is happening on June 2nd and June 4th in Piscataway, New Jersey at a fantastic kink-friendly hotel. We talked about that a little bit. Folks, thanks very, very much for being on the podcast tonight. Hang out with us uncomfortably for a little bit while we wrap this thing up. <laughs> Don, I would love to commit to going to SizeCon, but we are going to be traveling to Maryland, <sighs> Texas, Toronto, Pennsylvania, Detroit, Kansas City, Chicago, and... And more. Is it, has the other one been it's solidified? Yep. Oh, 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 my gosh. I forgot. Oh, no. I got to lock in Tulsa still. <laughs> and then there's one also in... What's the November one we just Minnesota. Did? Minnesota, because we like going to Minnesota in, in the, the cold. No, we don't. Our RV will be in summertime, yes, and we yes. will fly to Minnesota and borrow winter coats. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't own any. Uh, so keep up with all of our events and where we're presenting at and everything else. Book news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout out like Jim Jam from Texas. Virginia from Alabama. And Alexa from Maine. Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. Don, I was quite surprised earlier today. We were talking to someone and I did a search on a thing 
for an old podcast of ours, and we are on the IMDb. That's the Erotic Awakening podcast. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so, it's surprising, but there we are. So we have a friend, well, Brat Sheba, mm-hmm. that is on there because of the movie stuff that she did with They, Them, Us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yay, we're on there too. Well, yes. at least the podcast is. I don't think our name is yet, right? Not yet, but now that it exists, there's no, I, I'm a supporter of IMDb. I've got a, an account. I can start editing. Oh, look, it wants photos and details and that's, Oh, we have that's no, interesting. Because <laughs> we have nothing but time to fill in IDM MDB. We need to. I can do that. You're. I'm excited. So, I can do I'm that. I'm glad that you're excited about that. <laughs> I will show you the list of other nine thousand things. That I doing, know. Did you say? Yeah, we were just working that. on our list earlier. So yes. we have books in mind and pr- pr- presentations to write and all kinds of stuff. But IMDB, yeah, that's that's up there. Anyway, guess what I did over the weekend? You had a poly date. I did have a poly date. I had a very nice time, three days with one of my partners. And I think I heard, as we came over and visited you, I think I heard a little envy about one of the things we did. Uh, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. I don't remember what that there was. There was a certain festival we went to. Oh, that. Like, did you go to that festival? You didn't say it like that. But. No, 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 no. Actually, I, uh, no, I, it came across like that because you said you couldn't remember the name of this thing that you found. And I'm like, oh, did you do this thing? Because it was something I told you about and ah. I assumed you had forgotten I had told you about it. So anyway, no, no, no. And no envy there because I got to do my own things over the weekend. I got my recumbent trike fixed. I triked 10 miles on a path that I was looking forward to triking. And, and I got invited to a party in Mississippi, which where we are in Tennessee slash Arkansas, we are only like 10 miles from Mississippi. So it's not that big of a deal. But I went to that party on my own and I got played with with porcupine quills. You did indeed. First time for porcupine quills. First time for porcupine quills. So that was really cool. But you know what was even cooler than that? Hmm. As she's pulling out her stuff for us to play with, because it wasn't just going to be porcupine quills. It was going to be a sensation thing. She pulled out her stuff (laughs) as she had a pair of floggers. And I looked at the floggers and I'm like, where did you get those? And she's like, honey, I've had those for over 15 years. I'm like, regardless, where did you get those? She's like, from some guy in Ohio. I'm like, I knew it. Those are arcane floggers. And they are. And they were, oh. Still in perfect shape. They looked brand new. She's had them for more than 15 years. I got flogged with a pair of arcane floggers in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I had to text him while we were negotiating because it was a house party. And I'm like, can I text arcane? I need to know if these are his. (laughs) Uh, uh, She let me. Yes. (laughs) You know, you thought podcast listeners, you can go buy your floggers from Adam and Eve or Spencer Gifts or whatever. But the floggers you buy from some of these flogger makers, as Don said, those lasted and are still in great shape. 15 years. I've got a pair that's at 20 years. But what I really wanted to say was, Astra, I will bet you that inflation play and porcupine quills don't get along. I'm betting that's where popping comes in. I guess so. Maybe that's a popping thing. It's, yes. <laughs> I, I have a interpretation <laughs> around, around sharp objects. I imagine. I, I imagine. imagine. So. so cool. So, and then we got another thing. Ohio Hedgehog keeps me jumping. 
I've got one link to share about here that he sent a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, but he also sent me a, another one today that we'll talk about on another podcast. But this one is, he sent me a link and he said, I know you like your tabletop games. Mm-hmm. And what it's called, it's Moonlight on Roseville Beach. It's a role-playing game, and this is just a description. It's a role-playing game about a very specific time and in a very specific place. But that specific, specific, how do you say that word? Specific, whatever. Makes it extremely (laughs) relevant to the modern world and the time in which it has been published. The game is set in a resort town with a primarily LGBTQ population in a region that is deeply enmeshed with the supernatural. When the supernatural effects threaten the local residents, the community has to resolve these threats on their own without the support of the nearby authorities, which would likely cause more harm than the supernatural occurrence. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really interesting. And I'm going to have to say I take it as a little bit sad that the LGBT community might be concerned legitimately that more harm would come (laughs) from the local authorities. Right. No, no, we'll 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 take the thing. We'll take the vampires. Thank you. Exactly. So, yeah, a new tabletop game. And we know how gaming crosses over with kink. There are a lot of gamers in kink and vice versa. I, I will have to say <laughs> one of the things that I looked at when we were, we were prepping for SizeCon, there is a, a couple size related games at SizeCon. You guys mentioned yeah. Rampage and I don't, I'm, I'm watching a video, video of yeah. a game now and I can't quite tell what that is. It looks like it's something developed specifically for the con maybe. Yeah, I believe it's, that was Attack of the Giantess and it was yes. developed specifically for the That's con. what that is. And, nice. and then a couple other size-related games. Some of them, I have to admit, inch by inch and sh- shrink poker, I don't know. But Rampage, I've definitely played a heck of a lot of ranch- Rampage. Shrink poker is strip poker, except you don't strip. You just get smaller every time you lose. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Eventually, the clothes remove themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sure. they do. So... Awesome. So tentacles and food on boobs, not much to talk about there. The Discord channel is still going strong. And we do have our channel there where we've actually kind of drifted over more into like Little Red Riding Hood and some monster monster porn. Yeah, the the, the tentacles are fine, but people are getting into their own things at this point. Exactly, exactly. Which more power to them. Exactly. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on FetLife as Dan and Dawn. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links from the Erotic Awakening website, Facebook, and Discord. Or just email us at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or show up at an RV park and start knocking on doors. No, no, no. Are you Dan and Dawn? We do put our flags out, but we would still be hard to find. (laughs) We would be hard to find. (laughs) Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Astro. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. Bye.